Hey, what up, Chet? Oh, not too much. It's voting day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's today, for us Americanos. In, in California, at least, it is June 5th. Yeah. Primary day. And everybody just went and voted for either local props or for the primaries who they're going to elect to go to basically the finals. Right. In, yeah. In we, November. We, we're sending them to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's an important day, I guess, uh, for Californians. I, I know other states are also voting. I think Iowa, maybe. I, yeah, don't know. I know there's a couple of them, but yeah, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is the state that matters. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wish it mattered more. Yeah. Shout out to the electoral college. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to real nerd hours. Uh, your favorite. Slice of Life podcast, yeah. ostensibly about nerd shit. This week, I am talking to Justin Wang. Uh, Chet was out on assignment the weekend that we recorded it. I was off being a sleeper agent. Yeah, exactly. Which is to say, I just slept a lot. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we have? Solo review? Yeah, yeah. This time, I've seen the movie and have some things to say on it. <laughs> And we've got a little bit of invincible chat. Yeah. Shout out to Kennan. Thank you for sending us this lovely gift. Yes. This giant ass book. <laughs> it's fucking huge, man. There's a lot of pages. in that yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> uh, if you weren't aware on the Patreon, what we have going on is an explainer series for invincible with one of our previous guests, Charles. And so Charles is explaining the plot to, Invincible, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. So you should check that out. It's at patreon.com slash real nerd hours. And yeah, it's it's a good time. Let's, I guess, get into whatever you want to talk about first. I mean, I guess solo. Solo. I mean, since we're here. I don't think we spoiled too much last time, right? No. No, not really. Nothing major. Okay, cool. It didn't ruin it when I saw it. Okay. And anyway, so. Good. You're not like weird about spoilers though, right? No, I yeah, I'm I don't really care. Okay. Especially because that was a movie that I really was not like excited to see. <laughs> Fair enough. Thoughts? Okay, so uh yeah, the movie was it was totally fine, you know. It was a cool movie. I think if anyone feels very strongly one way or the other about it, it's just because it's a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Like as as a sci-fi film on its own, it would be a solid, I mean, I hate giving it a solid seven, but I mean, that's really where it fits for me. Like it's, it's better than a six, not quite an eight. You know, it had some cool scenes. The characters were fine. I definitely saw what you're talking about with, uh, Dan, Donald Glover's Billy D. Williams expression. Right? It was so fucking weird. I would say it was more than a bad impression, it was really inconsistent. Because, like, when he's trying, when he's trying to be cool, he goes full Billy D. And then, like, if he's not, like, if he's frazzled a little bit or whatever, if he's like actually acting, then he just goes right back to Donald Glover. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the same energy when uh, his robot lover dies. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I I liked Lando's character. I thought Solo was fine. Like, 
I know the guy had to go back for like acting lessons because mm. apparently he was doing a shit job. But he was completely fine in it, right? Yeah, I thought he was totally fine. Like, I wasn't. I wasn't, you know, like moved to tears at any point, but that wasn't really that kind of movie. No. It didn't really require Solo to have this massive emotional range or anything. It's like. Not at all. He's out in space. He's trying to be a space pirate, but he doesn't want to be a soldier, but he loves this girl. That's it. Like, that's his motivation. He wants a ship and he wants to be with this woman. Yeah. You don't really need much beyond that. My whole problem with it is like, what the fuck is the economy like in space? Yeah, that is a great <laughs> because you they say that the republic got fucked with trade deals or whatever. Yeah, but like if the republic existed before the empire came up and the conditions were just like they were, then like what the fuck was the big change? Right? Why is it that the empire is so much worse than the republic? But things like, it's not like the empire had been around for that long. It's like thirty years tops by this yeah. point. So. What's the issue? Like, you can't, you don't set up massive slave colonies in 30 years. No, you like, don't. That was, the, the groundwork was already laid here. Yeah, somebody had to have been working in those mines previously, right? Yeah. And Kessel, the spice that's coming out of there is intensely valuable, isn't it? Yeah. So somebody had to have been working there before. And like, wh- why do you need people? Why can't you just have robots? Excellent question. Excellent question. Granted, robots deserve rights, too. Dude, I don't. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got a point. I'm sure there's some bullshit reason of why manual labor is cheaper or more efficient or whatever. But, yeah, it does seem odd that with androids and shit running around that they still have Slave labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's because L three and her ilk, those SJW bots, uh, you can they can order Big Macs, they're not oppressed. <laughs> they can go to the the whatever Kashik, whatever's yeah. on Kashik, and order the blue milk. They're not oppressed. Even though they can't drink it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the point is they have the ability to order their milk. They are they have autonomy. They deserve it. Uh, yeah, so there there are some weird inconsistencies that come up when you think about the universe as a whole. But putting all that aside, the movie was cool. You know, it wasn't, it didn't have nearly the same level of gravitas that a lot of the other movies had. But they didn't need to. This is Han Solo becoming the smuggler that he is. You know, it's going to be a heist movie and that's going to be... More or less it. Yeah. They could have done better in a lot of parts of that movie. Yeah. Not to say that it was, like, horrible or anything. Nah. But, like, I feel as though the acting from Han really kind of set them behind the eight ball. Because, (laughs) like, you could see that he doesn't have great range. So he's in a position where he has to kind of play the dumb guy. Yeah. I mean, he reminded me in ways of Star Star Lord. Uh, where he's just kind of, I just want to do my thing. And, you know, that's it. We're just going to put you into wacky space adventures, just slightly less wacky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all I can really, all I can really say about it was it was a perfectly passable movie. There's not even really much to spoil because the plot wasn't 
anything fucking mind-blowing like (laughs) (laughs) there's no huge twist yeah you can see the twist coming from the beginning of the movie they they set up the twist in the trailer yeah like pretty obviously like there's there's multiple characters who die none of whom will have any consequence nope and that's it like (laughs) people die uh han gets the the millennium falcon big fucking surprise and you know that's at the very end there's there's not really much to spoil here. No. There really isn't. One weird thing, and this could have been because of where I was city, seated in the theaters, because we were kind of close to the screen, because it was in a small theater, and we got in there mildly late. But this movie was not epileptic friendly. Like, there was a lot of dark scenes and then just, like, flashes of light. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cinematography in that movie is a huge problem. Like, did you see what I was talking about last time with the huge centipede lady? Yeah, we're just, just everything's blue. Yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah, but the whole movie's like that for some reason. The whole movie's dark. Yeah. Hey, kind of, oh, I mean, there's definitely some scenes where it's very bright, but there's a lot of dark scenes in the movie. And then it'll be, like, really close up on something, and then that thing, like, flashes at you and it's kind of jarring. Yeah. Don't do that again. Try not to. (laughs) (laughs) There was one lightsaber powered up at the very end and it was completely pointless to even turn on the lightsaber. (laughs) It really was though. (laughs) I was was talking with the the people I saw it with. They're like, why even like, what was the point of powering up his lightsaber? I'm like, you gotta have at least one lightsaber per Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Just so people know it's Star Wars. Yeah. It's not a Star Wars movie without it. It's not good enough for it to just be called Star Wars. Yeah. It has to have a lightsaber. It has to. And he, he turns it on and he's just like, switches hands. <laughs> yeah. And then he sits down again or does he cut it no, off? No, he, he just uh, he powers it off and like, that's it. Oh. <laughs> uh, you couldn't find a better way to work it in there? I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, like, so at the part where they're escaping Castle... If they would have gone to a shot on the interior of the Star Destroyer and had him in there, yeah, like getting pissy, that would have been pretty good. Would have been cool. I don't know how they would have like worked that in. Well, cause... so there's that part part where Han's like, nah, they're not going to send anybody out. Oh, here. yeah, that's yeah. true. And he could be like, they could just cut to the interior of it and have him say. Get somebody out there right now! <laughs> you get those wascally weapons! <laughs> exactly. And then, you know what? You have the chase and suit from there. Yeah. Play yakety sacks. <laughs> oh, people would have burned down a theater. <laughs> uh, those Star Wars, Star Wars is getting the Avengers treatment or the Marvel Cinematic Universe treatment. Yeah. And I don't think fans are happy about it. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm fine with this one having a different tone to it. Like, this was definitely the most lighthearted Star Wars movie to date. Yeah. Like, by quite a margin. And that's okay for Solo. Like, for his adventures to be a little bit more just action adventure, snarky quips, and, you know, him being the bumbling hero. That's okay. You know, we still had some serious moments. We still had, like, some more intense, I guess, scenes. But 
I don't think they're going to go that direction with the rest of the movies. Because, I mean, Rogue One was dark as hell. Yeah. I mean, that movie sucked, though. (laughs) (laughs) Rogue One was their attempt at Seven Samurai, 13 Assassins, Magnificent Seven, you name whatever the fuck. Yeah. It, It was their attempt at that. And they did a really shitty job of it. And they did a, a really shitty job of expanding the universe beyond what people already knew existed. What I feel like Han Solo or Solo does is that it expands on the things that are available in that universe. And it does like not a great job at it, but like an okay job. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's some anti imperialist messages and shows you some new some new stuff and I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't show you that much else but at least it's not just more the same shit yeah yeah i mean i guess that's what i'm praising it for (laughs) yeah for not showing us the same shit again and again and again hey look it's tatooine again again, and again and again god there's so many of those fucking movies there's a lot it's really crazy because the i'm gonna go ahead and spoil the twist uh here uh, it's really crazy because, like, in the trailers, they don't really uh, hide it. But Woody Harrelson, turns out he's Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and Han Solo's Devil Man. So at the end of the movie, Woody Harrelson has to kill his only friend, Han Solo. And... <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and the god, uh, whoever the fuck... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> has to reset the universe, uh, creating a second universe moon. Uh, which becomes Tatooine's other son. Yes. Which, which is canon. Canon. Yeah. Canon. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I, I should have done it last week. I didn't even think about it. No, it's all right. It's all right. We're in the spoiler talk this week, so that's what matters. <laughs> okay. So... Fuck. You you got anything else to say about that? Not really, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's drop into, I guess, Invincible talk. Yeah. So Charles has been relaying the, the story of Invincible to me over the last, I don't know, few episodes of whatever that is on the Patreon. I want to say it's called Night School, but who knows? The, uh, with what's been going on, Kokenin uh, managed to sneak us out a copy of the Compendium, yeah. which looks to be volumes it's got to be like 48 through 96 those are the volumes uh the issues the issues 48 through 96 oh actually yeah this is uh pretty much right where i'm at good I shit guess i didn't read the uh the first pages <laughs> i just opened it up i'm like oh 55 I'm close to that but um good shit yeah 48 to 96 oh wow that's a lot but what do you think of it so far i'm enjoying it it's it's a cool take on the superhero discovering his powers kind of trope what's different about this in comparison to a lot of like you know like the spider-man movie for example he is in a world where superheroes are established like once his powers manifest he gets contacted by a government employee who has a branch of government that's specific for superheroes and like he comes into this as the fish out of water, but not because he's different, but because he's new. And we don't really see that too often in superhero stories. I'm sure if you're more into comics, you've seen it more than once. But like 
for someone who doesn't read a bunch of comics, this is kind of nice. <laughs> so, That's cool. You know, it's not just, oh, I have these strange and fantastic powers. What do I do with them? Well, no, it's like you have strict guidance and you have people telling you what to do. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's been kind of cool. I also like a lot of the twists that have come so far. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm sure you guys get into that plenty in night school or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are several twists to the story and it's not written in an obvious way. Like you see some things coming and then when it starts going that way, it's like left hook out of nowhere. Now what happens? And, you know, so that, that's been cool. I also like the art. I'm, I'm a fan of Western comic art. It's generally better than a lot of other mediums. Yeah, you know, manga art, uh, shamefully so, looks a lot alike. Yeah, and if it looks different, it's either really good or fucking bad. Yeah. Like, Bleach actually started out really good. Yeah, that was part of why I was into it. And then, took kind of a shit. Yeah, it took a bit of a shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's one thing I can definitely give credit to One Punch Man for in the manga, is, like, the art is great. Yeah. Part of that's because it's written and drawn by two different people, whereas a lot of other series, it's one and the same. But, there's no denying, the art in that is fantastic. So... This is, you know, more of that, you know, it also helps that it's full color and you actually get backgrounds and <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, it's quite nice. I liked it. I liked Invincible. Uh, I never finished the entire thing. So I got up to, ooh, I want to say maybe the mid 50s. Oh, okay. Something like that. So, hey, hey, look at you. You're ready to go right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... I, I like what we're doing with uh, Charles. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun to like just hear him relay the stories because he's like really into odd things in the series. Yeah. So it just makes it interesting to hear it from his perspective. I'm definitely going to go back through and read the fuck out of these. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was why I started because hearing Charles rave about it was pretty compelling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I also really like Alan, the alien. He's a fun <laughs> character. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you enjoy that guy. Have they? Have you seen Tech Jacket yet? He came in in the first few issues. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Oh, that's because he's not a, a memorable character. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to get a grasp on like some of their other comics in Image Comics. I mean, there's. I think one of the first issues here is where they. Uh, they just kind of reel off all of the other heroes that are that they're doing concurrently. It's like the most shameless chapter I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of amazing. They're like, oh, look at this. Here's this other hero where you can find in the Amazing Wolfman. You know. <laughs> Good shit. Good shit. Yeah. I'm a fan. If you're a fan of American comics, check out Invincible. It's definitely worth the read. And if you if you're tired of same old shit with the MCU and DC's horrible attempts at movies. This, this is a nice change of pace to that. Yeah. yeah. We're not being paid by Image Comics. <laughs> I would gladly accept their money, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, I would take their money too. Someone someone hit up a, a PR rep for them. 
We'll start. <laughs> we'll keep advertising their old stuff that's out of print. <laughs> we we need to boost those sales on the Omnibuy. Yeah, and their collected volumes, whatever the fuck those are called. Ugh. Compendiums. Yeah, they're compendiums. All right, look. We next up is Justin Wang. Okay. <laughs> And I, it's, I understand that the audio is going to be fucked in some spots. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Something I don't know what happened, but we were we've been using the same setup to record every single interview, and everything except for the last two came out really well. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. So for the time being, we have to call off doing guests. But here's Justin Wang, a prolific YouTuber. Thank you, Justin, for coming on. It was cool talking to you, buddy. The thing that OBS is doing for some reason is it's doing inverted sidechain compression, I guess, where whenever the guest is speaking, it ducks our vocals underneath Mm. it. Okay. And it's impossible to fix when he's talking and I'm talking because what it'll do is when he's talking, it'll just lower the volume for our vocals for maybe a good five or ten seconds and by the time it finishes the statement is over yeah so it's it's very difficult to fix i need to find another method of recording okay if anyone uh is experienced with doing some remote interviews let us know yeah please do uh without any more talking from us here's justin wang What up? It's your man's Denzel. I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Justin Wang. Hey, what's going on, guys? He's a prolific YouTuber, uh, and oh, he's he's here today as a as as our guest. As Chet is out on assignment in San Jose at an anime convention, doing God knows what to Lord knows who. What kind of assignments? Uh, the sexual kind. Presumably. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. I have no idea. He's, he's it's a lot of drinking that's involved. Uh, that's what that anime like conventions a, are for. Yeah, like that sounds like a dope ass assignment. Yeah, right. It's it's worth it. Worth every penny. Although when I think of like partying at anime conventions, I've never actually fucking been to one. But right. I think of like all these. Yeah, definitely not. I would. I just like you know. It's, I don't want to travel to one. And go through all the other things, but I always picture I'll see friends who go and they'll have like twenty people stacked up in a fucking hotel room, and that's kind of the party. Half of them like aren't fucking washed, <laughs> so, which I guess the alcohol helps to uh, tolerate that. Yeah, I mean, it, you just got to find a good group of people. Um, I've I've lucked out in that. I found a very reliable group of people. Everybody showers. Oh, that's and- great. <laughs> Everybody is capable of buying alcohol, so there's never been any legal problems or anything like that. It's always been a good time. Good. Do you want to cosplay? No, absolutely not. See, if I went, I would. I would have to. That's another thing too. I can never find characters that I could actually do. I feel like that's crucial to the enjoyment of the convention. I mean, there are a ton of characters that you could do. I mean... The one that popped up recently, and I didn't know this because I don't play Overwatch, but someone... I posted a picture in a suit, like, kind of like a weird-looking getup. 
because it was like for something I was working on. And then like someone posted a picture of Hanzo from Overwatch. I'm like, oh shit. I could 100% do that. Yeah, you could do the single titty out and everything. Yeah, single single titty out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could do Hanzo. Basically anybody who's Asian in any anything, any anime. Me as a black man, there are very few black people in anime. And I yeah. don't care enough to like actually go out and cosplay anything else. That's not like easy, right? Something easy to do would be like TC from Magnum PI, where I could just buy a Hawaiian shirt, have a nice mustache, and some sunglasses. Uh, but people see that, they'll just think you're like just a guy in a Hawaiian shirt. Somebody will get it. Somebody out there will get it. There, Maybe. That's the thing with uh, cosplay. There's an audience with, for fucking everything. So you could do the most obscure shit on the planet. Like, let's say an anime that's never been released or manga that's never been released or a TV show that only had one season. If you cosplay somebody from that, somebody will recognize it. Someone from a fucking fanfic obscure one. It's like, oh, that was only ever described and not actually explicitly drawn. They'll still get it. Exactly. Oh, Harry Potter when he was in uh, Slytherin instead. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that fanfic. Jace twenty twenty is my favorite fanfic author. Do you did you ever write fanfics? No, no, never, not once. See, for a while I had gotten into not actually seriously doing them, but there was one like big fucking site where you could just like submit anything and it would go up on the front page immediately. And I was like, I'm gonna write a fucking Harvest Moon fanfiction. So I, it was an erotic fanfiction website. And I, <laughs> So I just wrote this whole story about the farmer where he'll he's growing these radishes and then a radish turns into a woman and he uh, like it's not like a full woman, like a radish woman. And he fucks it. And that was my Harvest Moon fan fiction. I was actually looking for it recently and I can't find it. <laughs> so if anybody if anybody finds a story like that that's about Harvest Moon, it might be mine. Oh shit. That's real. All right. Well, everybody keep your fucking eyes peeled on the internet. Yeah. And start searching for Harvest Moon erotic fanfiction now. <laughs> I'm, I'm tasking you with this. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, hopefully nobody finds it because that sounds like some crazy shit, man. Holy shit. Watch. That'll be like the key to like my doxing or whatever the fuck. Oh, what? Justin Wang's not your actual name? It, it is, but I mean, like, somehow, like, they'll get my actual address or whatever. That's swat me over a fucking Homer's fan fiction. You have to enter your actual address so people could know where to find you if you write terrible fanfic. Yeah, maybe maybe that should be law. <laughs> that, I, I was just thinking as, like, a pseudonym, I feel like picking something that's, like, more average than your actual name would be a pretty solid move. Like, if your name yeah. is Justin Wang, like, if you just go by, like, Justin Johnson or something, like, that would be that would be a pretty slick move. Well, it might be even slicker. It's because I'm Asian. Just make it, like, a generic Asian name because you get, like, a John Lee or something like that. That's, like, 90% of the phone book is John Lee's or whatever the fuck. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Just, it's like disappearing into a crowd. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. If I would, if I had, gone... it's too late for either of us to do anything like that. But uh... right, god damn it! That uh, I should have just gone by like Phil Thompson or some shit. 
Phil Thompson. I don't know why that sounds like a basketball player to me. <laughs> I can't say that name without it being announced Phil Thompson. God damn. So going to your YouTube game, uh, mm-hmm. how long have you been, been working on YouTube stuff? Um, two years as of this past week. Oh, nice. And with with that, uh, I've noticed that late, recently, and you've pointed this out to me as well, that you've recently hit a blow up on your YouTube. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I, um, I've been making this Tales from the Internet series on and off for uh, when that's the series that like really blew the channel up. But I've been making the series on and off like since I started the channel, more or less. But it only really, really caught on more recently. So I, now I've basically been spending my time just digging up old internet stories that I vaguely remember and things like that. I so I, like, I, I just done one. Um, the last one I put out was on Brian Peppers, for example, the kind of stuff that it tells. Okay. Uh, could you could you summarize that one real quick? Is that... All right, Brian... Uh, it, it's this guy who was um, he was in the Ohio Sex Offenders Registry for gross sexual imposition, which means uh, it's groping of some sort. And at the same time, his mugshot picture was like his. Uh, he, how do I describe him? He, like he had some condition. People were never really sure if it was Apert syndrome or Cruzon syndrome. I know exactly who you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> uh, just a giant warped purple head that people thought was photoshopped but then they called up the ohio attorney general and they're like no this is an accurate photo of this offender yeah so it was just a like a deep dive into uh the different events surrounding that meme which is kind of like the heart of what this series is okay so what's your favorite mystery so far that you've covered um the favorite mystery that I covered so far um, might be the Max Headroom one, to be honest. Like, that one, um, For if anyone doesn't know about that one, there were a couple of hackings in uh, 1987 in Chicago. They, one of them interrupted a sportscast, and another one interrupted an episode of Doctor Who, and it was just this guy, like dressed up like Max Headroom, saying a bunch of shit, talking shit about a news anchor, uh, getting smacked in the ass with a fly swatter. And people just never found out who was behind it. And there were a few different theories, so I spent the video exploring the different theories. Okay, okay. Yeah, your Max Headroom one came out recently. That was the one that you put out before Brian Pepper, right? I had, um, before Brian Pepper, I did one on the Lost meme and Control-Alt-Delete. Which actually, uh, June 2nd is the 10-year anniversary of the Lost comic, apparently. <laughs> so we're coming on up on a major milestone here. When you're, when you're contemplating content, is it, is it ever a situation where you look and see if anybody's done, done it? And if too many people have done it, do you not do it? Or do you feel like your take is unique enough to be able to just provide, provide a version of the events anyway? It depends. Like there have been like pretty much any time I do a video on anything, I will look up and see what's out there already on it. Especially since I know there are a few channels that specialize in this kind of stuff, like uh, internet historians like that. Um, Gamer from Mars does some videos like that. So I'll check to see like what other people have done on it. But usually, 
if there is something up, it'll just be a compilation of memes or whatever. Like, that's how the Brian Peppers thing was. Even though I have people, I had one guy on my video saying I'm stealing content on that one. And I'm like, what? I definitely looked up what 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 videos exist on Brian Peppers. It's all meme compilations and shit like that. Or, like, somebody did one where it's, they put their mouth over his face and make it like he's talking. That's the extent of it. I think what happens more often is that I'll look something up and the pieces of it are kind of missing. And I just, if Internet Archive doesn't have anything, that kind of like is the end of the trail. Like there was this one that I was, um, we actually, we had started talking about it before. The King Cobra JFS guy, who, uh, for those of you who don't know King Cobra JFS, he's kind of like a metal Chris Chan. There's this one th- a series of videos, like he, King Cobra JFS makes hour-long videos every single day. So he's not the easiest uh, person to keep track of. But there was this one time about a year ago when a guy calling himself King Cobra JFS and spelling the name slightly differently green-screened himself into King Cobra JFS's apartment and just, like, starts recreating all of his videos and saying that the other guy is the fake guy. (laughs) And I'm cracking up now because I'm thinking, like, I was doing this research last night. And he's like talking the re- the real King Cobra JF is talking about how he beat the other guy in a guitar battle, and then you look up the video and he's basically just like playing random notes really fast and making faces. Oh my! God. I I have to I have to make this fucking video. Like I'm saying I can't do it because like the guy the guy who was behind the fakery like he kind of put together like the the supercut of everything, and like as like a mini documentary, but. There are aspects of it that need to be highlighted. It's, but the thing I was getting at though, there's one video where King Cobra JFS puts a curse on the fake one, like he has a magic wand and everything, and I can't find that fucking clip. Oh god! Like, I think that one's not even in the supercut. I can't even imagine how difficult it would be to find that specific clip because that dude literally puts out videos every day, every single day. Yeah, like he's like if you've seen the 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 IRL streamers like Ice Poseidon and people like that, he does something like that. Except it's he doesn't stream; it's just all videos, like hours of him sitting around playing guitar, talking about weed, uh, eating eating chips. <laughs> Did you see the episode where he's eating like uh, spaghettios straight out of the can? No, I didn't see that one. That one is some other shit, man. That oh my one is God. some other shit. He's he he's a crazy ass dude, man. He just makes really random, weird content, and it's it's not like good in the traditional sense. It's not tra- traditional content, but like it's so engaging for some reason. I don't know why. You know what it's like? It, have you ever watched an H.G. Lewis movie like Blood Feast or Wizard of Gore? No, I haven't. They're, those are the best 60s, uh, so bad that they're good, shitty movies with terrible fake acting and whatnot. And this kid, he's like, he's like one of those movies, but that's just his life. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, Did you see any of the fake King Cobra clips? No, I haven't. Oh my god, there's this, the, the best moment out of all of them, in my opinion. There is uh, there's one video where King Cobra JFS, he's sitting around eating chips, 
I think he put the chips out on a plate or something, and then he walks away and comes back to them. And what the guy with the green screen did is he took that video, and when King Cobra JFS walks away on his, this guy, like, he puts himself into the clip, farts on the Doritos, and leaves, and and then... (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. That's really good. Yeah, it's... Like, this guy needs a team of fucking internet archaeologists to dig up all the moments from his fucking daily hours worth of content. Dude, I can't even imagine what it would be like. Just like all the weird shit that he does. There was one episode that I was watching uh, that he had put out where he was just sitting in a park and he was chain smoking, talking about how much he fucking hated one of his coworkers and how, like his ex girlfriend or some shit uh, was fucking this person. Now it was so weird, man. It's like uh, surrealism. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, and I think that's one of his major story arcs. Oh yeah, the the, uh, the ex girlfriend. How many arcs are there so far? There's he has his, an entire wiki devoted to him and his uh, and then it's it's literally broken down into sagas. Okay, uh, it, he really is the metalhead Chris Chan. There's no other way to put it. Could you could you explain who Chris Chan is for the audience? Oh, Jesus Christ, it's like that. Uh, he's this. He's the creator of the character Sonichu, which is a hybrid of Sonic and Pikachu. And he makes a medallion. He made a medallion of it, and it basically like he was this kid who, who was just trolled by 4chan for like. At this point, it has to be like close to like fifteen years or so. And it's so hard to explain him. When I when I can't like put like pictures in front of their faces and stuff, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I don't. I'm, I'm sure the demographic of this podcast that everybody knows who I'm talking about, though. Let's hope so. I hope so. <laughs> the internet mysteries that you you cover. What other stuff do you cover on your channel? Um, gaming mysteries. I started to do uh, weird stories, uh, like the Mike Portnoy. I made a video. Mike Pornoy, the drummer of Dream Theater, he had this guy that was going around New York a few years ago pretending to be him, fake ID, everything. And what he would do is he would hook up with like he would hook up with gay dudes who thought that he was Mike Pornoy from Dream Theater. And then when he whenever they like stepped away, whatever, he would like ransack their apartments and leave. And it kind of but then they all thought it was Mike Portnoy doing this. Until he got wind of the imposter, so it was kind of like tracing the story of the imposter. No, he got arrested at some point. Like one of the guys who was being uh, bamboozled by this guy, they had set up a little sting operation. The um the guy who was getting conned was on the phone with the real Mike Portnoy and the police, and then they set up a sting where they would drive back to his apartment, and the police would be waiting there. And that's how they got him the first time. The second time, he just disappeared. That's wild, man. I can't even imagine what it would be like to have an imposter running around being me and then fucking dudes and stealing. <laughs> like, that's the cherry on top. It's, it's, that, it's not just that he's robbing people. It's that he's, <laughs> he's fucking dudes and robbing people. That's oh, pretty good. Pretty good shit. Can, okay, can you, can you give me a brief rundown as to why you have a mailing list? All right, I have a mailing list. Um, 
part of it is like just uh, it's kind of like a deplatforming security measure where uh, you know like you can get kicked off of Twitter. Uh, people get kicked off of Twitter all the fucking time. Same thing with YouTube. And the thing is, like any of these social media outlets that you have, they can get taken away at any time. And say you get kicked off Twitter, you get kicked off YouTube, and all you have is Facebook, then the algorithm limits how many of your people are going to see it. Uh, email mailing lists, they don't have an algorithm that like determines how many people are going to see your email yet, you know? Or uh, they, uh, like, like anyone who you want to hit up with email, they they will receive it, and then also it can't be taken away from you if you, especially like if you keep like a hard copy of the email list, which admittedly I've been lazy about actually fucking doing. I'm several months behind on that, but it, it's that aspect. And then I can also like each month I send out a mailing list where you kind of, uh, you know, I can like get people like updates on the different videos, get them like clicking on different things. So kind of like it's it's it serves a dual purpose. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, people. I was actually arguing with a lot of people this week because I was saying that, but then a, a few people like Baring got kicked off of YouTube this week. They're still working on getting him back. So, is, <laughs> do you think one of your major concerns is being kicked off of YouTube? Not really. I mean, it it is like it's a fail safe just in case kind of thing for me. Yeah. But especially now, the kind of content I've been making, I'm not as worried about it as maybe I used to be when I was more like the social political stuff, yeah. which I, I have really that's like kind of like where you put a big target on your back. Not to say that I'm wholly familiar with Baring's content, but mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, he's got some spicy takes on a lot of weird shit or yeah. a lot of shit that would be considered maybe uh, mainstream, right? Like. He was, uh, if I recall correctly, he had some real, real spicy take on like Australia legalizing gay marriage. And like he said some shit in that video that I was like, well, he's going to lose his YouTube channel soon. Ah. And it's, it's not a matter of whether or not like I agree with him or whatever. It's just a matter of how many times people are going to report him because like he's got crazy takes on shit. See, I'm not that familiar specifically with, like, what he thinks on different things. I think I watched maybe, like, one video of his ever. But, um, it's definitely, like, something like that affects people more in the political realm. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but where I was getting at with that, like, so people, you have you heard of BitChute? Uh, isn't that, like, some fucking weird, uh video platform like gab is to twitter yeah exactly youtube and i've picked up so many people now like that i interact with who are like really gung-ho about these alternate media sites like uh bitch shoot that was like the big one this week i was like oh like youtube like not only did they kick off bearing but they also said something about how they're changing sub boxes to be uh ordered algorithmically yeah depending on what you're more likely to actually watch which is like I'm okay with algorithmic feeds, but I feel like the sub that's what the home page is for, you know? The sub box I go to see if there's anything I missed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, 
Oh yeah, so people like are back on like, oh my god, YouTube's dying, or it's we need to like support these other platforms, and it's like it's listen, we uh, as nice as it might think that you know we can all get our stuff on BitChute and BitChute's the next big thing. It's it's not gonna happen unless they bring over big content creators with exclusive deals. That where all of a sudden like say you get like a PewDiePie, pie, you know, like here's a blank check. You're going to leave YouTube and put all your stuff here instead. That would be a significant move. Like they got to raid the locker room WCW style, or it's just, <laughs> it's not happening. And people are like, oh, you got to start somewhere. It's and, odd uh, shit. yeah. And actually, I want to, like, BitChute's uh, social media manager wound up, like, interacting with me as I had, a, I had a post about it, like, get, go pretty far. And because someone's like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's good enough for me. It's uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry that BitChute isn't up to your standards. And I and BitChute like was like telling me about their growth and whatnot. BitChute, the BitChute, whoever was handling their stuff wasn't being a dick. But then I went, I looked, I clicked on their popular tab, and the first, the first several posts I see in the popular tag are like under fucking twenty views. Oh, and I'm like, is this really like, is this a good use of my fucking time? Like literally, if if my YouTube channel were to get deleted, I would get more views sending my video directly out to the mailing list. Yeah, you really would. Yeah. Well, the thing is, also, I mean, at least from like a content perspective, since there's nothing really barring you from putting your content elsewhere, like mm -hmm. it would be a good idea to not only put it on Bitshoot, but to have it on YouTube as well. But to like switch platforms whole hog is a dumb idea yeah definitely and the thing is even uh i think splitting the uh splitting it across platforms might be a bad move because youtube the way their algorithm promotes you any traffic that you bring to youtube from off-site like twitter or wherever else they favor that a lot more than anything that comes from with inside youtube because now all of a sudden you start a new session you have someone watching youtube that wasn't watching it a few minutes ago so they push anything that gets that kind of traffic so say you do put out a youtube link and a bit shoot link everyone who decides to watch it on bit shoot instead of youtube is kind of like giving you a little less juice in the youtube algorithm that you would have had oh i didn't know that yeah that's interesting so yeah so it does work against you a little bit are you are you part of a network no no do you plan on joining one at any point I would never join a network unless I got like got to the size where I could get on some like huge fucking network because those are really the ones that do the work for you. Yeah, like I I've always been curious about this. I spoke to a YouTuber named Nino a while ago, and uh -huh. he he said that joining a network is pretty much useless up until a certain point. But like I I'm. I'm trying to like sort it out in my head. Is it just like, do you join a network and then like people are more open to collaboration possibilities because you two are on the same network or like what, what benefit does it provide you outside of like taking the hit for copyright strikes, non-existent copyright strikes at that. See, I think it's a part of the aspect of um, the bigger networks is that they can get you the preferred ads. Uh, they can, uh, they can, like you said, protect against uh, strikes. Um, some of them, I think, have access to um, to what we call it, 
copyrighted music and stuff like that. I'm not 100% sure about that one, but I think that is a thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think those are the kinds of benefits. But, like, you know, some dude who's like, oh, yeah, pay me uh, however much a month and you'll be on the network. Or, you know, like, we'll take a certain percent of your ad money to be on the network. That's not really worth anything. It's like I see us like doing music. I see similar scams like that with managers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like there there'll be managers that don't really do shit for local bands, but they'll they'll like talk them up about all this shit they're gonna do, and charge a monthly fee. It never really amounts to anything other than just getting scammed. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, a lot of ways people try to take advantage of uh, you know people who are trying to build something up. And because, like, I guess it's a vulnerable state. People can like fill your fill your head up with like all the things that'll help you bring you close to your goals. They might be frustrated reaching, and they prey on it. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I could imagine what that would be like, especially if you're young and let's oh, yeah. say you blow up out of nowhere, and like suddenly your shit's starting to get popping, and like some stranger approaches you. Because I, at least from what I can tell. There aren't necessarily good resources out there for young or even any age YouTuber to kind of like show you the ropes and how it works and like things you should look out for, things you should avoid. And like I'm sure there are YouTube videos on it, but like there's no like trusted resource because I don't even think YouTube themselves has any resources for for that kind of shit. No, definitely not. Like, they'll have different um, workshops and things like that, but I don't think they have anything specifically that kind of, like, addresses dealing with that kind of business for younger people or whatever. I mean, a lot of that is still kind of uncharted territory. You would think that YouTube would have a vested interest in the success of their content creators because of the fact that, like, <laughs> it's like a, it's a codependent relationship. Like, Without the content creators, YouTube really doesn't have shit. And without YouTube, the content creators really don't have shit either. So, like, you would think that it would be in everybody's best interest to kind of build up the platform from there. But you you see that Twitch is having a similar issue with, like, promoting newer people or, like, young, like, not young as in, like, age, but, or age of the person, but young as in, age of the channel or plat or user or not user themselves sorry age of the channel itself over the user so like yeah. if a new user is like an affiliate how do you go from affiliate to partner without having to like really network your ass off or something like that yeah twitch is a weird game to me too like oh that's another thing that happens a lot of people who are frustrated with youtube they're like they think twitch is the answer and it's not. It's really not. Like, they're, A, they're a lot more strict than YouTube is. A lot more strict. And B, it's a totally different skill set. Yeah, what what I don't think people understand is how much work it actually takes to be live for hours at a time. Yeah, you have to be on for hours at a time. It's insane. Yeah. I've streamed here and there. Like there was a period in time when I was streaming like for three hours a day, four days a week. And that's really not shit. But mm-hmm. after each one of those encounters, I was like fucking toasted. I was ready to go late yeah. down. 
that's how it goes. It's just, it's exhausting. Yeah. It really is. Just having, I, having to use that brain power consistently is some other shit. And then if you look at how it kind of, how they kind of sort this, the different streams, if you don't have a big audience, you kind of have to, if you want to grow at least, you kind of have to play less popular games and then slowly build up from there. And then when you get, you know, an audience from whatever game you were playing, sometimes if you're not playing the same game anymore, they won't watch you anymore. So there's a lot of like weird like strategies you have to take on there that you wouldn't have to take on YouTube either. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I ran into myself where I was streaming, what was it? It was, um, fuck. I was streaming Don't Starve. And I had Don't Starve? Yeah, it's, uh, it's like this indie game, indie survival game, basically. And the goal is to, like, not die. And, uh... Oh, I was playing the the online version of that, which is Don't Starve Together. And I had like 12 viewers, but the 12 viewers that I had were people looking to play with me. So, like, I had a bunch of people on the server, and then as soon as I stopped playing that, like, everybody was gone. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you can really do about that to retain that audience, because they're there for a specific thing. And, like, as much as people want to talk all that good shit about, like, Oh, if you want to stream, you know, just stay at it. Just stay at it. No, like it's beyond the point where you can be successful, uh, a successful streamer by just staying at it. You have to network. You have to like get to know a bunch of people. You have to do a lot of shit in order to be successful as a streamer now. Do you, is there a parallel to that? Like on YouTube, like just being diligent isn't good enough? Um. It, it depends. Like, I'm the kind of person where, like, I kind of, I tend to not go out and collaborate and stuff because I, like, I usually, like, it, it becomes difficult to coordinate with people. So the networking aspect of it at first, it, like, wasn't that much. But I feel like at the same time, the networking aspect of it where you, like, you talk to people and then, like, you know, you meet bigger creators and whatnot, that really was, like, crucial to my growth. Like, the first really big bump that I ever had was uh someone going on the on this guy hi i think i'm real who, who i made friends with he went on the youtube saints and they have a thing where they shout out smaller channels so i got that shout out and then i went on the show and that was like a good thousand subs for me which is a lot which was a lot for me at the time and then i got like a huge bump with anthony fantano wound up sharing one of my videos oh the nice. um yeah he shared the taylor swift one which is it was it was a video about Taylor Swift whether or not she uses 4chan looking at the different evidence for that and then his audience is the perfect audience to share that video to so that kind of like really kickstarted my growth yeah and then like I got a shout out from Keemstar who like he he I think I I'm not even 100% sure on how he found my stuff um no wait actually wait he like he not before the shadow, like someone had, um, he, he had asked to look at different commentators and someone had tagged me and it, but he had told me a video he saw before that of mine that he came across. I forgot what fucking one it was, but yeah, like no, none of that would have happened if I wasn't being like very active talking to people on Twitter and stuff like that. But it definitely is an important component of it. Okay. 
But then, then it's like you have to like still like be making good stuff. You know, anybody can shout you out, and the stuff's not there, then no one's going to care about it. Yeah, for sure. And it just it, that just makes me uh, want to like take another t- look at like the content that I would be producing because mm-hmm. it's like I not to say that it would be boring, but like I just need to work on it more. You were telling me you were looking to like do like more YouTube style content. Yeah, so uh, one thing that I want to do is for the podcast, do a bunch of videos. Uh, Chet and I have recorded a couple videos so far, mm-hmm. but nothing too crazy. Um, and for my personal channel, I also want to do some content. But I'm like, one of the things that I want to do is like actually get into the political shit. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I don't because like I've seen what the effects of that can be. And also... It's just not worth making a bunch of content that then is just going to be not monetizable because like I'm not going to be able to monetize until uh, 4,000 hours of viewing and 1,000 subs that it's not going to be worth it uh, until for a very long time. Yeah, definitely not. I uh, like now I kind of like have that situation with my band's YouTube account. I want to start doing vlogs and whatnot. But I also want to do like IRL streams and things like that. But I think like what you you need to be partnered up to like getting super chats or anything like that. Oh really? Yeah. Which I mean, it's fine because honestly, at this stage of the game, I'm still more concerned with growing it than whatever money I would make. Yeah. Like that Brian Peppers video is unmonetized right now. They still haven't fucking reviewed it. Oh, but I was like. At the same time, like I was just like I haven't put out a video in about a week, so I can't I I can't wait until they clear whatever they're gonna clear. So I'm just gonna put it out. Yeah, because like long term, like having the growth is more important than whatever money I would make in these three days from it. So is that is that where the typical cutoff is? Like in the first three days, that's where you make the most money from your video. Oh yeah, definitely, with a few exceptions, like that. Um, the uh. There was one video I made about this hard drive that people on Reddit were trying to figure out what was on it. That one uh, didn't pop up until months after I put it out. Okay. Actually, most of the Tales from the Internet videos, because like I said, I was making them for a couple of years, and they never really gained any traction. Like now, like I'll have videos from like a year or two ago that are in that series that'll like all they gained their first like ten, twenty thousand views like in the past few months. Despite being that old, oh wow! I, mean, I guess that's the value too of like having a having playlists where everything is kind of connected together. Because then people are like, oh, I like this video and this other video is in the same series, and they binge watch them. Especially, so there's there are a handful of uh, people that I follow on Twitter that, or not Twitter. What am I talking about? I'm subscribed to on YouTube, where. I just go to their playlists because, like, that's the content that I want to watch. I don't give a fuck about, like, their personal vlogs or whatever. Show me yeah. your Rocket League gameplay or whatever. Like, show me show me that good shit. Exactly. Like, there's a few people who make a variety of content, and you know, like, certain videos they make you're not interested in, but certain ones you definitely, like, that's what, you, that's what you're there for. It's uh, what what strategies like do you do you recommend for somebody who's just getting started? 
Um, the play, like I said, was talking about like those playlists are they're definitely crucial. Um, it's really hard to like figure out like ways to promote YouTube videos that aren't spammy. Uh, like Reddit is good for it, but at the same time, you need to use Reddit the right way. Like if you have um, an example of a video that did really well on Reddit for me, I was working on making um. <laughs> Snapchat AR, um, what the fuck is it like AR lenses where like you could have like a 3D character, like make your own 3D model basically and put it into Snapchat. And I they had sub, they had just made uh, a subreddit for that feature, so I made a video on how to actually do that and it did extremely well on that subreddit. But if I had posted that to our videos or something, they would have that shit would have bombed probably. Yeah, nobody would have watched that shit. <laughs> I feel like our our videos they have like a bias against like anything that has a face cam. Like they see a, a face of a person that's not a celebrity, and they're like, "Who's this person? Who the fuck do they think they are?" Like, Trying to be famous or whatnot. <laughs> Why are you spamming your own videos? Yeah, that invariably always comes up, even if it's not their video. It's like, why are you spamming your own shit? Yeah, actually, I did get that once because I try to keep my ratio good on Reddit. It's um, they, I think it's like one to nine. You're supposed to have one, uh, have nine other posts relative to each self-promoting post that you have, and they tell through like the algorithm if you're sharing your same shit over and over again. But I got accused at some point of being someone that I'm not. Not a surprise. Yeah, people go with all kinds of like wild accusations of shit. So if you if you could choose any sort of content <clears throat> to produce, like regardless of how successful it'll be, like let's say success is guaranteed with whatever you make, like what would you what would you be doing? Honestly, the tales from the internet videos that was uh, I kept on making those even though they weren't doing well at first because I just liked those ones better. So right now I'm at a pretty good place content making wise. What kind of equipment do you use to, to film with? My setup here, I was actually thinking about doing a video that just kind of shows the setup that I have because it's like the most bootleg fucking setup. I'm looking at it right now. I have a Logitech C922 webcam on a stack of books pointing at me. I have a couple of clip lights. One of them has a t-shirt wrapped around it to dim it a little bit. Oh boy, that sounds like a fire waiting to happen. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna die. I have a, a blue Yeti microphone. I had had the C922 for a while, and I wasn't happy with the picture. But then, of all fucking people, I wound up watching a Monday Matt stream, and I really liked how his uh, how his video quality was looking. So I asked him what he used, and he was like, "I'm using a C922," and I'm like. Wait, how, why does it look so clear? I realized that my problem wasn't the camera, it was the lighting. Yeah. So you just needed to make sure the room was a lot brighter. Exactly. Because it's, it's pretty fucking dark in here. Yeah. Like, even if it's, like, like to live in, it's fine. But for cameras, it has to be brighter. At some point, I might upgrade it to... Uh, I have a Canon Rebel T3i, but I don't have a good lens for shooting this sort of footage. So I need to get that going. Well, why not just use it to shoot anyway? I guess you can't really plug the mic into it, but yeah. Well, what I would like to do is, I if I were to switch to a DSLR, 
I would probably get a capture card so I could run it into OBS and then, uh, you know, just like record the exact same way, just using the DSLR as a webcam in that way. Yeah. I mean, once I start doing the vlogging, actually, I, I have like a few of those like almost done uh, vlogs for my band. Because I've been wanting to do some vlogging content, but I recognize that if I put it on my channel, people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? I don't want to watch this. <laughs> so like now that sort of stuff is just going to go on the band's channel. Yeah, that's that's exactly why uh, people have like two or three different channels, like mm-hmm. one for gaming, one for vlogs, and one for the typical stuff that they produce. Yeah, I actually I already have a bunch. I have a a gaming channel that really like was just kind of like a repository from tw- for Twitch videos when I was doing a lot of Twitch, and the guitar channel. Oh, nice! You do yeah. like web based guitar lessons. No, I was just uh, originally what I was doing is I was doing a lot of guitar videos on Instagram, but then I was uploading those to YouTube and I was going to record some more just for YouTube, but I just never got around to it. Who are some of your favorite creators on YouTube? Like who are the people that you fuck with pretty heavily? Um, definitely Larry Bundy Jr. is up there. He he um he just makes like a lot of like weird video game fact videos. That, like he's a guy like when I discovered him, I probably sat down and watched hours and hours of his fucking videos in one shot. Like it's so fucking addictive. Then there's um there's Slopes Gamer who makes really similar content to him. Um, who else? Low Res Wonderbread. I really like that kid. Low Low Res Wonderbread. It's a very small channel, but everything he does is so like film like and well produced. Like he. He does these let's plays that are like better produced than people's fucking short films. Yeah, everything's got like kind of like this, like kind of like retro y vaporwavy aesthetic. And there's some commentary dudes I watch a lot, like um, Wavy Web Surf, uh, Willie Mac. Without Willie Mac, not the not the giant black wrestler. Uh, <laughs> white young guy. So you're you're big into wrestling. Oh yeah, definitely. Although I mean, I've fallen off the past year or so, but I I do I do still like watch a decent amount. Do you have you been to any live shows recently? Uh recently, last one I went to was the Ring of Honor show where Dalton Castle won the title. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you did you ever go to any of those uh, death matches at the bar in Brooklyn? No, actually, what's funny is my friends, the Brooklyn Bullies, I'm the, not the Brooklyn Bullies, Boulevard Bullies, they are a wrestling YouTube channel, and uh, they like they were doing vlogs of those. I think one of the dudes was refereeing the death matches, and I was supposed to like go with them for a collab, I just never did it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I, gotta, I still gotta hit that up still. Actually, my friend, uh, my well, my guitar player Jerry, my band was saying, "Oh, we should go to one of those and like make a Jinx vlog out of it," which Jinx being my band, yeah. so like that'll probably pop up as a thing I do. But uh, yeah, actually, that's a good channel too. The Boulevard Bullies, good wrestling channel. They go to a lot of indie shows and like interview the dudes. All of these channels that Justin has mentioned will be in the uh, show notes, so you don't have to worry about googling any of them if you're listening you can just go to the show notes and click click around have you heard of uh virtual pros virtual pros no i heard of virtual pro wrestling back in the day yeah yeah they named their podcast after after the game 
That's pretty dope. Actually, you know what? One of the things I was like looking up last night, and this wasn't even for a video or anything. It was just bothering me how uh, like there was an instruction manual where they called Hulk Hogan's leg drop the stinky leg drop, and that name stuck. Like people are people are calling it the stinky leg drop. If you look it up, like that, that like that's just what it called, like what it's called. They didn't fucking uh make, like make that up with a bad translation in the manual. That's wild. In virtual pro wrestling, I, I I think it was WCW versus NWO World Tour where that came from. And there's a scan of the manual online, but the pages with the moves, like this, is like almost a hundred pages, are missing from the scan. And I have the game, and I can't find the fucking manual for it anywhere in my apartment. <laughs> but I'm 99% sure that's where Stinky Leg Drop comes from. It's the only time it's ever been called a fucking Stinky Leg Drop. But everyone thinks that's what Hulk Hogan's... That's the official name. See, like, this is why I'm able to do the Tales from the Internet series, because I'm just naturally the kind of person that will waste hours trying to look up some bullshit I vaguely remember like that. Yeah, so everything, yeah. it's, it's just floating around in the back of my head, waiting to be pulled back. That's, that's, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a positive. You're very diligent in in your research. Yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of the Tales from the Internet videos that you've done. Uh, one was uh, the hard drive video that you had mentioned. Yeah. And I'm looking through this. I got a... I don't remember what the other one, the one that you did with Izzy. I don't, is that a Tales from the Internet? No, that's a gaming mystery. Yeah, that was a gaming mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are two that I've recently seen. Um, I haven't seen a, a, admittedly a ton of your content. Like, um, I used to, when you would go on Twitch, when you were playing, uh, the new Call of Duty, I would watch. Oh my God. That was a very frustrating time in my life. Because <laughs> it's, that? I used to be really, really good at Call of Duty, but then I hadn't played a game for so long. So it was like, if you like, it was like a person who came out of out of a coma and they can't walk and they got to relearn how to walk. And it's it's got to be like the most frustrating thing because it's like, you know, like I know how to do this. I just my body isn't letting me fucking do it. I can it was, imagine how frustrating that would have been to have just been like super dope at it. That's how I feel whenever I have to go back and play basketball. Like at one point um, in time, I was fucking ill at it. Now I'm just some old fat man who <laughs> struggles to get up and down the court. Damn. You know what? That's like, I used to play a lot of basketball too, and that's probably what's going to happen to me if I try again now. Oh, shit. I was just taking for granted that having not played basketball in like 10 years, I'd still be good. <laughs> oh fuck man are you going to vidcon possibly i'm still like working out like some uh like the the cash issues possibly like i i, I can't even uh, fuck i can't even go into the story of uh what of like what i was banking on to get it like to get my money to go there but I'm, I still might make it regardless. I'm just kind of like waiting on a couple things. Yeah, I'm, I'm still contemplating going. But like the problem for me personally is the cost of the fucking ticket. Yeah. By the time I have the, the money to pay for the ticket, it's going to be 250 And it's uh -huh. just kind of like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, I'm sure it's a good time, but it can't be that good of a time, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, to be honest, of, like, not buying a ticket for VidCon and just going to hang out. Because, oh. really, like, VidCon is VidCon, but, like, the VidCon, like, any parties you have going on around VidCon and, like, collabing with other creators and stuff, like, that's really what VidCon is. But I, I honestly, I see a lot of these conventions and, like, I there may be some decent panels or whatever, but I'm not really interested so much in going to panels. And, like, basically, like, what you're doing when you go to a convention like that is you're paying to see a YouTube video in person. Yeah. I, I don't know that I want to pay for that. Like, there's been a few like that. Like, um, there was that free speech one, Kilroy, that just happened. And I was like, do I really want to go and watch guys stand on stage and talk about free speech all day? Like, that sounds really boring. You know but what? I want to get drunk with my friends, sure. Do you, it's, are you big into that kind of content? I I made some of it back in the day, but then like I just got really bored of it. Like I got bored of, uh, you know, like a, a big issue happens, especially like relating to free speech or something, and then everybody in that like sphere of YouTube essentially makes the same video, and it, it becomes like this weird race where it's it's very frustrating. You want to get yours out when it's still fresh, and it, it, I don't know. I just, it just I fell out of it because I got bored of it. Basically, fair enough. I I used to watch a bunch of that shit, but I too got super bored of it. But it was just a matter of like, on top of being bored of it, those guys, at least a handful of them, uh, a handful of the more popular ones, are just fucking liars anyway. They don't actually believe most of the shit that they say. They're there for the clicks. Like who? Like a good example is, uh, and he's a big example, so I can say this without actually hurting anybody's feelings, but like Dave Rubin is a good example of that. Dave Rubin. Oh my God. Did you see Dave Rubin stand up? No, I didn't know he did stand up. Oh, oh boy. Like finish what you were saying about him because like I want to shit on his stand up later (laughs) after we've gotten past what sucks about him. All right. That works. (laughs) So this dude, uh, a good example of this, right, is his stance on the NFL players protesting during the national anthem uh, uh-huh. at, at NFL games. So he says that a private company is allowed to do whatever they want, right? Like as far as not uh-huh. hiring Kaepernick or Eric Reed again, like apparently or not necessarily apparently, but uh, the private companies can do exactly what the fuck they want with their players, right? If uh-huh. they don't like the protesting, they can tell the players to stop or they don't have to hire them again if they see their behavior as less than suitable for their teams, which is like something that not necessarily anybody's arguing against, but like he throws his support behind the teams in the NFL. And then on the other side of it, he's bemoaning the fact that Google fired this dork for writing a manifesto about how like women are inferior to men. Uh, as far as like computer programming goes or uh, why women are happy or taking care of kids at home or whatever fucking weirdo shit that dude. I think, uh, I think that I, you're talking about the James Damore thing. I think there was more to it than that, but at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of that contradiction that you're talking about where people, and I'm seeing this from all over the political spectrum where people say they want free speech, but they really want free speech for the people they agree with. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. I don't uh, there are, there are, it, 
like in fairness, there are people who are um who will like they'll say what they think about these things while prefacing that the company should be able to do what they want because they're a private company. Like I think I saw I'll I'll see that with like a um the example that I saw brought up more often than the James Damore one was there was a lot of YouTubers who were crying about being censored on the platform, but then they also agree with the NFL. Cause like, right. That's kind of like a similar kind of contradiction. Yeah. But a lot of those people did preference their YouTube argument by saying, listen, like Google is a private company and they can do what they want, but I don't think they should do this. Yeah. But at the same time, they're saying like, Oh yeah, the NFL is perfectly within their rights to do this. And then they're just not following it up with, like a suffix or a preface where they say, oh, uh, well, I don't agree with what the NFL is doing. And what it seems like is most of the people are just shitting on the NFL players. Uh, you wanted to dunk on Dave Rubin briefly? Oh, yeah, yeah. His stand-up really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how we get... We, this started from Dave fucking Rubin. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he recently put out a video of stand-up that he did. And his entire routine consists of him, like, uh, asking people in the audience to raise their hands if they're this or that. That's... Raise your hand if you're a classic liberal. That's a line he says in his stand-up routine. Jeez. Oh, uh, that's so stupid. That's so yeah. stupid. And the thing is, like, he had, a, like, an earlier stand-up bit. It was, like, at some, like, gay comics because he's gay. And he, um... He had a, uh, it was like some kind of like gay stand-up comedy special he was a part of. And his routine is the same exact fucking thing, only instead of asking like, you know, oh, who here is a classic liberal? Who here is a Republican? He, instead, it's like, who here is gay? Who here is a lesbian? Literally just like painted in different numbers in his coloring book. That's fucking awful. Yeah. God damn. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be that shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. He sucks. Steven Crowder sucks too. Uh, Crowder's a fucking cornball. I, I guess we're we're butting up against the, the allotted time that we have. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, well, I already plugged my YouTube channel uh, way more that i feel like i maybe even should have i realized at a certain point every other like thing every other statement i'm making is oh well, i made this video on this and that i made that video on this and that but if you want to see the videos i mentioned it's uh wang on youtube the url is actually wang youtube.com slash wang 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 with an h and wang because my name is a typo all all of your social media links are going to be in the uh show notes of this uh and yeah yeah uh thanks for thanks for coming on man i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me man yeah anytime yes thank you justin for coming on to the show Uh, i appreciate your time dog it was a good time maybe we'll do it again once uh i figure out how to get the audio fixed yeah once our shit's not fucked (laughs) yeah that that one killed me for the Dave Lang one too because yeah. that was the one that I was really looking forward to. Yeah, but oh, well. c'est la vie. Tis what it is. So let's get into some questions from the subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Boom. Keep your name. Boy. 
keep my name in your mouth. Boy. Oh, sorry. Voicemails are going to have to wait until next week, too. Hey. Uh, I do know that we got one from Mickey in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So we'll be we'll be listening to that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sorry. I just this week is it's a little bit difficult. I have a different recording setup than we normally have, uh mainly due to my own laziness, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, what can you do? <laughs> just not be lazy. That's not the American way, goddammit. That's not how we do things around here. <laughs> oh shit. All right. So Banana Helly asks, is Batman a furry? I, I suppose so. I, I, I mean, you can't really argue that he's not. He has a fursona, if you will. Yeah. I mean, he's a gigantic bat. Yeah. I mean, it's like the most stylized version of a bat you can imagine, where it's more like the silhouette of a bat than it is a bat, but does fashion himself after an animal. Yeah, he does. And bats are mammals, so there's some fur on them. Yeah. Yep, there you have it. If you're into uh if you're into Batman, you're into furries. Whether if you're cool with that, then fine, but you know, I hate to break it to you if you're anti furry. Also, Catwoman is definitely a furry, and Batman canonically fucks Catwoman on the reg. So he that's that's just some furry on furry stuff. They recently got married. Yep. That is that is the current canon with Batman. Comics are stupid. Yeah, the comics are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a weird weak attempt to humanize Batman, like he falls in love with her when he's supposed to turn her into the cops. Oh, that's weird. And it's like that's uh, really out of character. And I mean like I guess they had been in love before, but like he just didn't turn her into the cops. And they okay. spent the night together. And, like, she escaped. She got that bomb-ass puss. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, well, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what happened. And it's like, that's not Batman. Yeah, that's really not Batman. No. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. you know, whatever. He's the, world, he's the world's greatest detective, not the world's thirstiest detective. <laughs> Chill. I mean, Bruce Wayne is drowning in it. Yeah. Guaranteed. So. Yeah. yeah he do. He he wrote the song. I want to know what love is. <laughs> but he never finds out. Never finds out. He's too busy drowning in it. Yeah. And he also wrote these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Clearly. Yeah. Juice Campbell asks, what are some of your favorite cheat codes from video games? Does it ever disappoint you that they're pretty much never in video games anymore? I remember going to Blockbuster and they would have multiple racks of cheat code books for the different consoles and magazines dedicated exclusively to cheat codes. I wonder why they've become a relic of the past. My favorite cheats have always been the one from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Keep up the great podcasting. Thanks, buddy. Yay. Uh, So my favorite, personally, in the old GTA games... I think up to and including San Andreas, there was a cheat code to make the civilians go crazy. Ooh. And then you could also give them rocket launchers Ooh. and give yourself unlimited health. <laughs> so the city would just be going nuts constantly and firing rockets at everything or giving or even just normal guns. I'm pretty sure you could give civilians yeah. and just go around and fuck shit up. Watch people get fucked up. 
It was pretty sweet. <laughs> if they were driving a car and they saw you, they'd try to like run you over. This is fucking sweet, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, good. I I was always a fan of the classics, so like the Konami code was probably the first one that I ever memorized. And I'm clearly not alone in that because it's, you know, become a bit of a a sort of meme on the internet. But I mean, I just really liked Contra and Gradius and, you know, various other games that just used the same code. So I memorized it and would try it in various things. And uh, yeah, that was always fun. Gradius 3, I I found it really funny that um, if you did left, right, left, right as part of the code, you would explode because they wanted you to use the LR buttons instead for the SNES. So that was the Konami code for Gradius. If you did the traditional one, you just died. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. I, I do like the, the codes that would just turn the game into chaos. Those mm-hmm. were always fun. And I had like Game Genie and Game Shark and stuff when I was a kid. So even stuff that wasn't built into the game, that was part of my experience. That was also how I part of how I got good at games because... When you have infinite lives, you can spend more time on it. So you're not, you don't have to go back from the first level when you've used up all your continues. If you have infinite lives, you just keep going until you beat it. So you just get it down and get better at it. Then you don't need those codes. Yeah. So I guess that's part of why you don't need codes anymore. Because what game doesn't have infinite lives anymore? Yeah. Like, save points have kind of removed the need for that. Yeah, in a lot of cases. I mean, the things that would be missing from current cheat codes would be, like, infinite money. Yeah. Infinite inventory, infinite ammo, doing things without having to reload, like, stuff like that. Yeah, and that that stuff... I mean, that's still around every once in a while in a lot of games. Like uh, Saints Row or GTA. Right, yeah. Single-player games that are okay with letting you break the game. Yeah. That, yeah, that kind of stuff you'll still see here in a, every once in a while. But I think also part of why we don't see stuff is because of the emphasis on multiplayer, on online play, or like leaderboards, that kind of stuff. Like... It invalidates whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need cheat codes if you're playing on PC because right. you can use Cheat Engine and find the values that you want in your game yourself yeah. or download a cheat table that somebody else has made and then just do that. Which is essentially just Game Shark, Game Genie, just the yeah, next iteration of it. With a shittier name. Oh, yeah, way worse. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what you're getting into. It's a cheat engine. Yep. Schmood comes in with the hot opinion. He says, I check it. Watching My Hero Academia episodes on a weekly basis is garbage. I've always preferred watching episodes of shows and occasionally anime every week when episodes dropped and were being discussed and all that. With Megalobox, this isn't an issue because of how the show is paced. My Hero Academia's episodes are short and unfulfilling to watch by themselves, and I'm going to have to wait for the whole season to come out before I watch it. Feel free to write a video essay on this to get that quick YouTube cash. You know what, dude? I actually completely agree with you. Yeah. Now that now that I'm like face to face with this reality, because <laughs> I've 
I've read the the manga long before the anime came out. So for me, the pacing was never really a problem because I know where it's going and I just don't, I'm not consuming it in the same way. But because it is an adaptation of the manga, things are spaced differently than Megalobox, which is an original series that was made for the screen, which was made as an anime. So they can pace it how they need to. So, yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. (laughs) Yeah, man. I've always hated series that end every episode as a cliffhanger. Yeah. Every single episode. And that's part of the reason why I started binge-watching things when it became available to me. Yeah. Because why the fuck would I care to, like sit through a cliffhanger yeah like it doesn't it's building anticipation yeah but not the sort of anticipation that i like i just get annoyed oh thanks for not finishing your sentence that'd be as if somebody's talking and they don't oh <laughs> tune in next week for the rest of that sentence oh man so occasionally while i'm working i'll throw on kitchen nightmares because you can find whole episodes on YouTube real easy. It's a good show. <laughs> it's an entertaining show. And like you don't have to pay much attention to it. So it's good for working with. But uh, you can tell where they put the commercial breaks. Because you know, obviously being on YouTube they cut that out. But you can tell where they put the commercial breaks. Because it gets real dramatic. And like they leave it on the dumbest fucking cliffhangers. I watched this one episode. Where the owner of the restaurant, he thinks that Yelp is out to get him. Like, there's a conspiracy. And so, like, on the the road to reformation that they're on, Gordon Ramsay, he's got a new surprise for the owners. It's a group of... Cuts a commercial break. Like, they literally (laughs) cut it right there. Like, they could have set this up, like, at least a little bit better. Where it's like... Oh, I've got a special surprise for you. And then leave it there. But no, he's put it at, oh, I've got a group of, cut it off on the word. It's like, it's a fucking Yelpers. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yelp, uh, to be fair, it's not that it's necessarily out to get you, but I can easily see how he would form that opinion, especially if he got a bunch of negative reviews and people from Yelp were calling him or sending him emails to see if he wanted to, you know, get rid of some of those reviews because that's how they make some of their money. Yeah. It's actually kind of insidious. It's a little, it's a tad shady. Yeah, and Glassdoor does that same thing with companies. I'm sure. And, oh, God. Did you hear about the... I forget where this guy was. I want to say it was in L.A. I don't remember. But this dude made a fake restaurant and paid a bunch of his friends to write fake Yelp reviews and Glassdoor and whatever. He And he made himself the highest rated restaurant in whatever city this was. He got the number one spot, despite this restaurant not actually existing. And anytime people would call in for reservations and stuff, you'd say, oh, sorry, we're all booked up until, you know, <laughs> next spring. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the idea was that it was supposed to be like this real low-key, super small, very intimate spot. So, you know, when you only have four tables, of course you're going to be booked up. But that's part of why the place is so good. You know, we serve moods. We serve, you know... Whatever. And, uh, yeah, he he ended up writing a book on this experience of, like, how easily you can manipulate restaurant ratings. 
good shit. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was on Viceland, I think. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Vice, Vice, I'm torn on. They do such <laughs> cool shit, but like their website just is filled with bullshit. Oh, yeah. They, they have such a broad range of like really cool stuff and just absolute vapid bullshit. Like, <laughs> there was another thing I read also on Vice where there is a recipe book about making cocktails using semen. Huh. And three women made three cocktails using three dudes come. And they wrote an article on this. And, I mean, it was interesting, I guess, but it's like, is this worth... I mean, it's as interesting as making cocktails with atypical ingredients, right? Yeah, I it's suppose so. Like, oh, we made three different cocktails using protein powder. Right, yeah. It's about the same amount of interest with the tinge of sex and, like, the weird uh, hint of dementedness. Yeah, yeah. The only reason why it's it would get any clicks is because of the sex and the deviance and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sex sells. We already knew that. Also, for the record, the uh, I don't remember what the cocktails were, but the point was that all of them were made worse by the semen. And would it, like the one that was like passable, they said it was drinkable in spite of the cum, not made better because of it. <laughs> like, it's, I, it's my, what you would expect, really. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you expect? Yeah, I mean, honestly. Who who adds lukewarming lukewarm thick ingredients to your drinks and says, "Oh, this is good." <laughs> yeah, people are weird. Yep, agreed. Dynamo Geek asks, "How does Chef Chet go about making his omelets? They're surprisingly hard to make. Well, my press is pretty simple and delicious, but I'm sure it could be better." My process, since I know you're curious, is pretty simple. Heat a pan to medium-low heat, add some non-stickiness to the pan, put a smidge, like a tablespoon tablespoon or some shit, of water into a bowl, add two eggs to the bowl and mix, beat the shit out of those eggs, keep the liquid egg in motion using a fork or spatula until it's all nearly solid, turn off the heat and ingredients with the quickness Carefully remove the omelet from the pan without ripping it to scrambled shreds. I mean, that's a pretty solid way of making an omelet. You know, I'm, uh, I do omelets the American style, which is higher heat, put it on, don't worry so much about your folds, as opposed to a French omelet, which is much more delicate, also harder. You know, I'm not. It's breakfast. I'm not going to get that that deep into it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, As for the actual method involved, I I like to use probably more butter than I should in my pan. I will whisk the hell out of my eggs. Uh, I season it kind of heavily compared to some people, but I like my food flavorful using salt, pepper, some cayenne maybe, maybe some paprika, depending on what ingredients I'm putting in. I like peppers, onions, uh, mushrooms to add to my omelets. Sometimes some diced ham, maybe some bacon. 
all of this is added into the uncooked egg and then just slap that shit in a pan and then you know once after you've formed a nice little brown to it you just fold over one side maybe put some cheese well definitely add some cheese but like maybe put some more fresh cheese into the open-faced egg that now has a nice brown to the bottom fold it over you got yourself an omelet there you go real easy don't don't bother with the french shit and uh you need like a pretty big surface to be able to do the French style omelet, right? Yeah, yeah. I think for a proper one, you need to have some room to get more folds in there. Yeah, and like, because you also want to saute some vegetables and shit. You want to pre-cook a lot of the ingredients that go into the French omelet because it's real thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also the Japanese style of omelet, which is even harder. You need a specific pan for that. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it's tamagoyaki, which is, it's basically an omelet because it's still scrambled eggs and whatnot, but that's a whole nother process entirely. Yeah. But it's also good. Yeah. Yeah. Samurai Jack the Face Ripper asks, what's your favorite conspiracy theory, either in regards to how ludicrous it is or that you can really get behind it? That's a tough question, man. Yeah. Ooh, I wish I I saw this question come in. I wish I would have thought about this more. So I I don't have a specific conspiracy theory that I'm a huge fan of or one that I actually believe. I think just listening to people explain some of them are pretty good. Uh, my one of my favorite ones to hear people talk about is flat Earth, oh, but yeah. you can't be too into it. Like somebody recommended a bunch of conspiracy podcasts to me and one was like tinfoil hat something and another one was something else, but I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of the second one, but it had Eddie Bravo on it and it had, um, Ooh, a couple other guys. Like I think Sean Tripoli is one of the dudes, but it, it, I guess it doesn't really matter who's on it. it. What matters is that they exist and those guys were just way too into conspiracy theories. Mm. Like, they were too enthusiastic in a way that made me feel, like, kind of fucked up for listening to it. Because it seems like these guys have, like, mental disabilities to some degree. Like, if you listen to Eddie Bravo talk for too long about a conspiracy, it just seems like he's stupid. <laughs> because, especially when when he was confronted on the Joe Rogan experience about some of his conspiratorial ideas and when when he was asked like what would it take to change your mind and he would he just said oh i don't know it's just take evidence it takes evidence and when confronted with actual evidence he just denied the evidence and it was just like really weird to listen to it was like weird and sad yeah <laughs> never like i as long as somebody's not like way too into it i guess no you know what that's not even true because there's a guy on youtube that i watch named the grox one who just puts out video after video after video about the same shit and it's just like he's he's obviously way into it but i guess i I just can't hear them be confronted about their ideas and them try to defend it in a really poor way, I guess is a better way to <laughs> phrase that, I guess. <sighs> oh. 
So a couple of my favorite uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, one, just because of its absurdity, and people actually believe this, is that uh, Michelle Obama was born a man. Oh, boy. And, you know, that one is, you know, aside from being steeped in racism and, uh, you know, just hatred for the Obamas in general, uh, there is basically no evidence behind it. But people really believe it because Alex Jones said some shit about this. Oh, boy. And apparently, apparently Joan Joan Rivers joked about this. So then the theory follows that Michelle Obama had him killed. Or had Joan Rivers killed. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one that's that's a fun little read is someone jokingly brought forth the conspiracy theory that Finland doesn't exist. Huh. Yeah, and it, it starts with what name one thing you know about Finland. They have a flag. That's it, right? Like, aren't they big on windmills? No, I think that's uh, the Dutch that you're probably oh, thinking of. Okay, but yeah, hold on. Isn't one of our listeners Finnish? Probably, I don't know. <laughs> but the joke is that Americans and a lot of you know non-Northern Europeans know nothing about Finland, so we can't really prove beyond a doubt that it exists. Well, to be fair, they always have an entry for Eurovision. And they mm. always suck. Mm. But couldn't that just be, you know, Norway sending someone else? Uh, I'm just saying. No, I don't know if it would take that. That would be way too much effort. No, yeah, of course. And, like, that, that is kind of the crux of the theory is that, like, it's hard to disprove this wacky-ass theory without actually going to Finland but a lot of us don't really have the means nor the desire to just go over to Finland, especially if you truly believe that it doesn't exist, right? Like, if you think you're going to Finland, you're, gonna, you're just going to land in whatever their biggest airport is. So I have no idea. And then if you truly believe that it doesn't exist, you're just going to be like, this is just Sweden. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And... Because of this joke, there are people who actually believe that Finland doesn't fucking exist. So yeah, it's kind of a kind of a fun rabbit hole to go into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you know what? Here's a conspiracy theory, one that I came up with all on my own. LeBron through his early career was juicing and David Stern helped cover it up because David Stern that was his boy. And you could see in LeBron's early career that he was getting a lot of calls from uh, refs for bullshit uh, in in his favor. And the NBA had him supported 100%. And now with David Stern gone, he's no longer the GOAT. He's no longer winning championship after championship Hmm. after championship. Hmm. That's because he doesn't have the backing anymore. Here's a conspiracy theory for you about LeBron. His hairline ain't real. No, it's not. It's not a conspiracy. That's just a fact. That's just facts. So Zalora Silver comes in with the commentary. Here's a quote from myself. This feels self-aggrandizing and rather masturbatory, but hey, here you go. Good shit. (laughs) Don't do it again, Cage. Chet. Holy fuck. Okay, first off, 
I know what most of what I know about David Cage's games through the super best friends. But my god, you hit the nail on the head of super privileged writer trying to write about the struggle and falling super flat. The biggest problem is that the games are just enough of a hit every time because of the ingenuity of the storytelling via press cross to Jason and the sometimes cool plot twist that people keep giving him money to do it again and again and again. The other problem is that when you get to the end of every fucking game, the point he was trying to make at the start of the game is completely lost. To quote the Super Best Friends, it's like he gets bored of his own story halfway through. Yeah, David Cage, uh, he, he, he needs to stop. Yeah, maybe it's time to hang it up, Cage. Yeah, maybe it is. Oh, here's a fun fact about him. He was born on June 9th, 1969, which is to say he was born on 6969. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, he may as well change his name to Takeshi. Ha! <laughs> I really want this Takeshi beef to pop off. I thought it did. I, I was really, hoping it would. I thought it did, but it didn't. If, if you're not hip to the to the beef, uh, Chief Keef is for the children. Whereas uh, Takeshi 69 is for the children. <laughs> uh, so Keith was going to run up and shoot the man. And Takeshi is just like, yo, I'm king of New York. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Queens. What up? And Keith is like, I'm in Queens. What's good? And Takeshi's like, nah, you ain't about it. I'm in Philly right now. I ain't running from you, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> He was in LA, actually. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Far across the country. And then Chief Keith posted on his Instagram, LA. He was in LA. He's trying to find that dude. He's looking for him. Yeah, and Chief Keith was shot at oh, well. in New York yeah. by who knows who. Yeah, probably some bloods. Some fake ass bloods. I'm calling you out, Takeshi. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I am not calling you out. I am not <laughs> one of this. <laughs> Free smoke, free smoke. God. Takeshi's garbage. By the way, everybody, what the fuck happened to Ye being canceled? He's out here with the number one album. See, that's that's what people don't seem to understand. Like, people don't actually give a fuck. Yeah. Nobody really cares all that much. I haven't listened to that fucking album I because haven't. I'm a principled man. Yeah. And I I plan on listening to the album, but... I will say it right now, it will not be through means that make him any money or get documented. Doc, uh, I, I don't even want to give him that much time. Yeah, I watched fair. part of the Anthony Fantano review. Uh, he seemed like he was way into the album. I'm not going to give it any airtime for me, personally. <laughs> that's that's probably probably better, but I'm the morbidly curious type. I'm just not, gonna, I'm just not streaming it. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it you know my morbid curiosity ran out yeah i don't not not with kanye i'm done with him i mean i hated life of pablo i didn't even listen to that i listened to like half of it and had to stop that's the one with father stretched my hands right yes see as soon as i heard that fucking asshole bleached model oh, yeah. shit as soon as i heard that i was like i'm there's no way i'm fucking listening to yeah, this album yeah. no way the first song i heard on that was uh, I miss the old Kanye, where it's just him 
talking, right? Yeah. There were a lot of remixes to that that actually turned out pretty well. Ooh, I need to hear that. But I, I can't remember the one that I heard. I think it was like the Barbershop something mm. remix. But it was really good. Okay. And they just put like a pretty solid beat under it. But I mean... Fuck Kanye. Yeah, fuck Kanye. <laughs> Canceling Kanye. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Nobody was going to cancel him. Like the same people were that were yelling that shit where it's like the meme of the sweating guy. He's <laughs> yeah. like, play the album, don't play the album are the yeah. two buttons. And he's just got the napkin up to his head. <laughs> like, fuck. They always choose to play the album anyway. Always. It doesn't matter. Yep. Nobody fucking cares that much. They're boycotts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, fucking right. All right, well, that does it with questions and comments from the subreddit. All right, thanks, everybody, for writing in and listening this week. Yeah. Thanks again to Justin for coming on to the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at XRealNerdHours. You can follow me on Twitter at ThatDenzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at BushidoBrownSD. Excellent. You can subscribe to the show's subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash RealNerdHours. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Real Nerd Hours podcast. God damn. <laughs> you can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Real Nerd Hours podcast. And you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Real Nerd Hours. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next I Thursday. See that look in your eyes, but I am feeling no pressure. Feels like I'm stuck here in time while I've been trying to forget ya. Just wanna dance, dance, dance you are.